on this episode of the Third Gallon Podcast. And he holds up to you a pickle. (laughs) After a fast and deadly fight with the Witcher Pardus. Nug's breathing real heavy. Mm -hmm. He's staring at the Witcher's body. You see the blood pulled around his little cat medallion on the ground as it soaks into the, like, underbrush here. Intrepid Ink says their goodbyes to Oberhassel and his troop. It seems that our time here is at an end. It is time for us to hit the road as a troop. You still can't make a play out of this. I... You can't. And sets out again with the five under four company. Ready to go again? Oh, oi. Now this one's going to be fun, folks. We're heading towards the Mahakam Mountain Range. Mahakam? Mm-hmm. Get ready for some downtime. Nug takes off his pants immediately. <laughs> Nug strips. Nug! Now. So I would like to report a hate crime today. Uh-oh. Oh, God. Oh, boy. I was on Twitter. Oh! <gasps> Which is his place. Well, that's just, that was your I, first mistake. I, hear me out, all right? I was on Twitter, and the wonderful uh, people who make this game, Artalsorian Games, uh, they were at a, a, a convention, and they tweeted out, like, about a podcast that they really like. They said it has one of the best, like, homebrew Witcher stories or Witcher stories outside of the books and games. And it wasn't our show. Well, we, I, it's, we don't. But you know what? The thing is, they're actually right. Because we're not playing a homebrew game. We're playing the Book of Tales. Yeah. And the other thing is, the show is actually really good. Um, I, I, I fake being outraged. I'm not actually. Because the show that they were talking about is called Roll to Cast. And it actually inspired me to listen to it. And it is such a fun an amazing show and it blew me away because these guys have a very similar format to us. Um, they play different games and seasons, um, but they're more focused on kind of like the role play, kind of like an audio drama. Yeah. Very similar to an audio drama, but not, and, and ours is more what it's like to actually sit down at the table with us and play. So there's a lot of banter. There's goofs and gaffes. We as a group really like rules. So we're focused on that. Um, and I really enjoyed it. So like I, I fake being upset, but I know what I, I get what they're saying. And all of you guys listening out there, if you just cannot get enough of the Witcher RPG, may I humbly recommend uh, giving Roll to Cast your 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 secondary attention to us because obviously we deserve the most attention. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. No, but really, the, it's it's a really good show. And discovering it, I binged like the whole show in a weekend. I, that's how much I enjoyed it. But discovering that show uh, made me realize that I know that all of us like, you know, listening to podcasts, we fit them at different places in our life. And uh, I wanted to go around the table here and ask what everyone likes to listen to. And I'm going to add a little a spin onto this. Like, what podcasts are you currently listening to? I, I know we've talked about what we have listened to and what we do like to listen to. And if you're not listening to podcasts, maybe audiobooks or some other form of audio entertainment and like... When do you consume it? So who wants to go first here? I'll go first. Okay. So I, my favorite style of podcast, I've got two. I like actual play. I like horror. Uh-huh. 
and typically the horror is short stories. So if it comes to actual play, I've listened to like the Adventure Zone and uh, Roaring Trainers was cool. Uh, they stopped for a good little bit, but of course, my favorite what, is what the, is Roaring Trainers? Oh, uh, it's a Pokemon Five E podcast. What is it was? They've done some new. They've like restarted, and I haven't listened since then, so I don't have any like opinions on the current version but i liked the uh the stuff they had before they lost some people and whatnot right but my hands down favorite actual play podcast is of course the glass cannon podcast and great show majority of the stuff they play but uh when it comes to horror i mean i like the no sleep podcast for short stories i've mentioned the magnus archives a number of times right currently i'm listening to the white vault which is an audio drama but it's horror and i i just I like horror and I like actual play, which because uh, I could list every podcast I've ever listened to. But I think I'll just stop with one more. Probably the most unique one I've listened to uh, would be called Dark Dice. And uh, once again, yes, I never keep up to date with most podcasts. I binge listen. The only podcasts I keep up to date on are the Glass Cannon Networks podcasts that I can. But Dark Dice, when I binged, they actually play the game. It's a a 5e horror game that the uh, DM made. And he has voice actors who play the game. And then after they get done with a session, they go back and they do an audio drama of the session. Mm-hmm. So it's not you get some clips of when they were playing themselves to get a little bit of what happens at the table and whatnot. But most of it is just a literal audio drama of what happened. And it reminds me a whole lot of like when Cat and Drow would write out the adventures <laughs> that we had oh, for man. our campaign. I still miss that. After we played that, because then they would they would write out like hundreds of pages yeah. Of yeah. stuff yeah. Of, of it was like reading we a Star Wars novel based off of the movies. You had to keep yeah. it in two Duke Google Docs. One there were there were several. There were several, yeah. and they had links to one another. It was like <laughs> it was like um it was like a series following Good a series. Times. Yeah, but that's it's Dark Dice has a very unique feel because it's a yeah it's an actual play, but it's it is actually an audio drama, and right. it combines the two things that I like to listen to the most. So do they act? So they do an actual play, and then they basically retell the story in audio drama form. Yep, they will. They and it's been a year or so since I listened. So, (laughs) (laughs) but um, like they'll play, they'll have their lines, and then they'll go back, and the people who played those characters will redo their lines so it sounds like an audio drama. And every once in a while, you'll when they do fights, you don't hear them roll, you don't hear them talk about the damage a whole lot. Maybe sometimes, but they describe the fight in audio drama form and you can tell you know oh it's this person's turn they're describing what happens it's this person's turn and because it's a horror and they take it very seriously when someone dies they don't magically get a new person in this dungeon with them right they're gone and um, it's just it's intense as you kind of see people drop off bit by bit, and it's a it's just very well done. I think it's very good. Like, do they do they get the opportunity to come back in a in a town or something? No, no. That's it's a it's basically a dungeon crawl, and Forever. and when they're dead, they're gone. Yeah. Um, and I liked it because one of the voice actors in there who has a voice built for horror. Uh, is one of the players in it, and uh, he's from the No Sleep podcast. So that's actually, <laughs> I, I got shown this from 
a horror story podcast where one of the players joined in on this game. And it's just, it's, I was impressed by it. Yeah, yeah, that's super cool. Uh, and I, I'm going to spoil what I'm going to talk about, but that's similar to something Rolf to Cast does um, with player characters dying and not being reintroduced. And I think that's super interesting, especially if you're approaching it from more of an audio drama thing. Yes. Because that's something that everyone who plays these games understands, but is really immersion breaking when you have to introduce new characters, especially when you're in the middle of some sort of dungeon or exploration thing. It's hard to just bring on someone else. Yeah, but you got to cause you got it because it's a game. Yeah. You know? Super cool. Cat. Uh, Okay, <laughs> so my listening is different, I would imagine, from everybody else's. Um, I do listen to some actual play podcasts like The Glass Cannon and such, but um, I also enjoy listening to reviews and theories mm. and um, stuff like that. I have lately, because it's hard to find podcasts right now, I have been going through YouTube and not watching so much as just listening like YouTube is a podcast type thing. I like the food theorists. I like to listen to um, a streamer called brew. I like oh, Ants Canada. I like fish for thought. Ooh, I like Ants cinema Canada. therapy. I like stuff like I, I watch a, a person called um, who calls himself Glock nine, who just basically plays seven days to die. <laughs> I like this podcast that Jacob's older brother got me on called disorder and they will review Disney movies in order, like every single official one. And now they're going back through and doing some not less official type ones that they just like. And it's fun to hear their opinions. Um, I also like like science and fact stuff. I'm a little bit different. I like all that type of thing, those types of things. I just find them fascinating. I could sit for hours like reading articles about actual nonfiction and learning things. Oh, yeah. So that that's what I listen to. Nice. Yeah, I, I feel that I also use uh, YouTube uh, as a podcast vector. I think we, yeah, all of us at the table have the YouTube premium where you can uh, listen to it in the background on your phone. Yeah. I do that all the time. Mm -hmm. It's super duper useful. Uh, Drow, what you listening to these days? Am I listening? Do I hear? Does anything listen? Yeah, you. I'm yeah. listening to r slash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like his Am I the Asshole series. <gasps> I think I it's really funny. <laughs> it's 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 really funny. It makes me feel it makes me feel better about questioning myself because I'll do something and I'll be like, yeah, that's totally justified. And then like three days later, I'll be like, wow, I did something that was terrible. <laughs> and it turns out usually I was justified. Uh, uh, so you like a lot of Reddit reads then? Yeah, I like Reddit reads. Oh. I also like watching Warframe streams on Twitch. <laughs> I'll oh watch these. I'll watch these really late game players. I'll just be like, "Wow, I can't understand a single fucking thing that's going on on this screen." But oh, they're schmoovin'. <laughs> they're I know fucking schmoovin'. Whenever I I feel that because whenever I was um getting really into Payday Two way oh, way back in the day, goodness, I remember watching people blitz. I think it was rats yeah. on the hardest difficulty at the time. Uh, which was only over knows the four skull one back then and being just like flummoxed with the, their skill. Mm. And then I played 700 hours of payday too. Um, <laughs> Disgusting. 
So you like, I know you like to listen to a lot of Reddit reads. Does you only do like, am I the asshole? Or do you have any other subreddit reads that you like to listen to? Um, I like D&D horror stories too. You've Ooh. also shown me a good number of other like uh, SCP horror. readings. Yeah, oh, SCP God. readings and what horror readings. What is it, readings. the Volgoon? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, they do a very, a, a very nicely voiced over like a briefing-esque read through of SCP entries. It puts the it, it puts a realistic fear into you because you are being talked to as though you're about to go face these things. Yeah. Which I appreciate. I appreciate that a lot. That's really cool. Yeah. Nice. I guess I'll go last here. Um I know we've talked a lot about uh, the things we listen to. I want to go last. You already went. <laughs> we talked a lot about like glass cannon stuff cuz they're, they're a really big inspiration for us and they're one of the bigger th- ways we've got into actual plays. I think our my first one was like the Adventure Zone, yeah. but Glass Cannon, I think I've consumed oh, the, the most. the Adventure Zone. I think I've consumed the most of them. Uh, but currently, currently what I'm listening to besides Glass Cannon stuff is um, Roll to Cast, like I mentioned, that's R-O-L-E to cast. Their Witcher season is phenomenal. Um, and it's just a totally different type of thing. Yeah, if you, if you listen to Roll to Cast and you listen to us, th- we're not similar. <laughs> at all we are not the same we are not, we are the, not same. the same no but like it's good because um you can get in a rut with the kind of things you listen to um and especially if you're making a podcast you have less time to listen to things and so finding new ways to do actual play co- type of content is super cool and it's very inspiring so i like roll to cast but i also don't just listen to actual plays um I'm also pretty big into tech stuff and I listen to the tips, LTTstore.com. Yeah, yes. LTTstore.com. <laughs> I listen to the WAN show every week. WAN. WAN. Uh, the, they stream it. It's it's a live stream basically, but it is recorded as a podcast too. Um, I almost always listen to it live. Um, and if I can't, then I will listen to it like the next day. I love the WAN show I because it's my only chance to see Luke and Linus together talking and it just makes my day. And I've been listening to that for years and I still do. Uh, I've also been working through a Blades in the Dark uh, podcast. It is part of Glass Cannon Network, but none of the like... How um, is that one? It's actually, it's pretty good. I've, I've really been enjoying it. None of the people from the OG Glass Cannon podcast are on it. Um, there's two guys from Stream of Blood uh, after they merged that are on it. Um, and it's just, I love blades in the dark. And if Jared is running a blades in the dark game, I almost doesn't matter who is in it because Jared runs such a good blades in the dark game, but yeah. the people they got in it are really good. Um, I'm not done with it yet. I, they just got through like their first, uh, score and it's so much fun. That system is beautiful. Um, and, uh, last but not least, I just finished listening to, this is glass kind of content, but androids and aliens. <laughs> and that was really cool for me because you listen to a lot of actual play content, but it's very rare for a series to finish a big series. Like when adventure zone finished their balance arc, that was a big deal. That, yeah. Um, and, and it was so good. Oh, it was amazing. And then also but it, it, listening to androids and aliens do their series finale, was awesome. I can't wait. I'm and, still, I'm saving it. And on that note, just think what 10 weeks from now, GCP 1.0 might be over. Oh yeah. I can't wait because we've, as a, as a group, we've only had one campaign have an actual like ending. Yeah. Sure. Forbidden lands had an ending, but that's 
our endings in our seasons are not going to always be as narratively heavy hitting because we're, you know, that way we, we played it for half a year. And though it was, you know, a good ending, I think it's not nearly the same as when you play a game for how long did Hawthorne go on? Six oh, years, man. something like that. Uh, since we started. Yeah. Until about a year ago. Yeah. I think it was about a year ago when it ended. That was such a big moment because even if we didn't have a super big like narrative set piece to end it on, Mm -hmm. just wrapping up all the little loose ends and stuff that you have hanging off of a campaign that long is such a cool thing. And hearing a podcast do that is great too. Um, I'm on a long tangent now, but (laughs) yeah, I, I love listening to things and listening to podcasts i don't know about you guys but for me it really helps me have the motivation to do a lot of the busy work in life like i enjoy cooking right yeah um and i don't mind cleaning but cooking and cleaning and doing things around the house go by so much better oh yeah when you have something to listen to um Oh, wholeheartedly agree. That's when I get my listening done. Oh, for sure. Because when I have to do my actual work, because it requires so much mental effort, I'm basically listening to like instrumentals and in lo-fi mm-hmm. for basically concentration purposes. Yeah, I I agree because I even have a hard time listening to just like music music when yes. I'm like working. Uh-huh. Ha- I can't have lyrics to focus on like mentally stimulating challenges. There's another thing that I listened to that I forgot to mention, which uh-huh. is the Albert Inn. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've, a, uh, we've rated them on Twitch. We've rated them a few times. I'm actually they uh, guest starring too. in their <laughs> Sunday campaign right now. Nice. Nice. Oh, rating's good. So you, you, you go on the streams with them, right? I go on the streams with them. Nice. You can, you can find me there every so often. Oh, man. Yeah, Albert Inn's pretty great. I, I haven't Sitting listened to the them. at the bar drinking... I was about to say drink in the tavern, but that's drink in the right. tavern. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> that's right. I haven't got the chance to listen to them because there's not a lot that I listen to that's like streamed content, but the people on that uh, channel are really good. And Ethan I, always looks spot on. There was something you said to one of them that just deflated them. It was so funny. <laughs> so, Wait, Ethan? Not that Ethan. Not sadly. the whore? No, not the whore. Okay. Um, different Ethan. <laughs> Ethan. Ethan 2.0. Ethan, but better. If you hear me first oh, time, no. Ethan, then then you've been replaced. I, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. No, Ethan isn't you. friend anymore. Ethan, Ethan is now new friend. <laughs> Friendship e- yeah. with Ethan, Ethan ended. Ethan. Now no, Ethan, Ethan is, is my, my best friend. friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so what happened was we were talking about it was it was hate left love, which is their every other Friday show uh, where they just talk about movies and stuff. And we were mentioning splitting things up into unnecessary sequels, brought up The Hobbit. And I was like, I think The Hobbit should have just been one movie. <gasps> okay. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I was like, two would have been pushing it. And Ethan was like, yeah, you know, you could, you could have a, a good two if you had like some Silmarillion in there for flavor. And I said, Silmarillion in there for flavor. That's like adding rice for flavor. Mm. <laughs> I just and just it. the face that he made. That, because mm, rice. You could hear his entire train of thought expecting me, uh, building up and expecting me to agree. And then I said that. Well, it's like you said that. And then one of the guys like yeah. started laughing. That was Murray. Like, quietly <laughs> and then him like his uh, face uh, just looked defeated yeah. as soon as you said that oh it was great well well we shouldn't 
you know, put our listeners through any more of our pining for listening to other things. Otherwise, they'll leave the show. With that out of the way, are you guys ready to get into our game of The Witcher? Nah. You ready to get back in? Because we have, we got a lot to do. Oh, no, I'm not in ready the world of The Witcher. We got a lot to do this episode. So let's, let's go ahead and uh, let's buckle up and get back into it. Long ago... The worlds collided in a cataclysm known as the conjunction of the spheres. spheres. Chaos filled the world as vampires, ghouls, trolls, humans, and other monsters poured into the world. Monsters. The witchers, mutated by magic and alchemy, were created by human mages to stem the tide. Stem the tide! <laughs> Hundreds of years later, monsters were rare, but evil remains. As war ravages the northern kingdoms, dangerous and monsters the, lurk without and, and within. And in, in the world, in the world of the Witcher. And, 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 and. I was just listening recently to whenever Kat interrupted me with. Best thing For 300 ever. years. I planned that, you should know. Now the, the mist is gone. Go Wait. <laughs> I planned that. <laughs> Thought about what moment would be the best moment. Hoped you would pause enough for me to throw it in there. Mm, I'm still proud of that. Sweet vengeance. When we last left, Intrepid Incorporated, the Bionicle Hunter, Inc. <laughs> you guys Inc. had defended this theater troupe of, of children uh, and a monster. And yeah, teenagers a and a Sylvan. Uh, you had defended them. What is a teenager? But an adult child. Oh no! <laughs> child at the late stage of life. Child plus plus. <laughs> child comma late. Child comma greater. Child comma greater. Giant comma child. Adult comma lesser. Oh no! These Why is comma a huge part of our humor? Pathfinder. Because of Pathfinder. Pathfinder. <laughs> because in Pathfinder, you can't ever just look up the base monster like giant. Because it's always like, if you look up ice giant, like in the book, you giant, won't find it. comma, ice. ice. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah or so. dragon, comma, red. Red, or. Yeah. Gold. Uh, chromatic. Chromatic. Uh, so, but you'd, you'd uh, found this group. All these people, you know, had left their homes for one reason or another. It kind of tending to be not being satisfied with the life that was in front of them. And they had found uh, a bit of meaning here uh, in this acting troupe. You got to watch their play. It was pretty good, actually. But mother, father, I don't want to be a seamstress. <laughs> I want to act. What it's is that only... Monty Python bit? I just want to sing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Cut that out. <laughs> uh, if only my husband's feet were big enough to dance all night long. Uh, why'd you have to remind me of that? There's always something left to remind me. So you had uh, you had found them, and then you had taken on the task of convincing the neighboring towns, you know, that everything was all hunky dory, and it gone well. You went back to Riverbend uh, and talked to the priest Tabert, and then the parents of Macklin and Winnie. Uh, then you ha went to the the dwarf uh, mining town. It was not all dwarves, but still the one where like, Tom Hard was. There's a lot of dwarves there. You had a big raucous party. Everyone flashed people. Ineth got blackout drunk. We got matching tram I stamps. I beat the dwarves in I, drinking. Ineth was relatively 
or excuse me, Nug was surprisingly tame. Uh, and then you came back here. Somebody had to be. You came back here and there was an <laughs> issue that someone was in the Alderwood and it ended up being a witcher that was sent to hunt the monster, quote, quote, taking these children. Well, I mean, there is a monster. There is a monster, mm-hmm. but he's not taking anyone and he's a sapient being. And so you couldn't convince him otherwise and a fight broke out. Uh, things were looking not so great. And then he got stunned and Nug <laughs> murdered him. <laughs> the best Nug, bottle caps I've ever used. Nug really murdered him. And of course it had to be Nug, the one person in the party the most averse to killing a witcher. Yep. <laughs> Nug said. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into that, episode 15. You're right. It's an uh, odd number. We got it wrong last time. I think we had to do XP in 14. But you're right. We do have to do XP or IP. Because you fought and defeated a Witcher, which is quite the threat, especially for three players, I'm going to hand out seven IP (gasps) instead of our standard six. Hot dog. So uh, I know you just got it here, but do you want to go around and does anyone want to talk about like what they're planning to spend it on? Even more spellcasting. Even more spellcasting? What is your spellcasting at now? Six. Dang. So you spent five to get it up to six, and you have two more in reserve? Yeah. Dang. That's I spent so much. So your like, base spellcasting is around 16 now, right? Yes. Nice. Yes. Nice. That's pretty good. Nug. I put, I upped one of my profession skills, which cost me four points. Uh, would this be the... Shrug it off. Shrug it off. Okay. Yep. Is that the first one? That's the third one. The third one. What does that one do again? Uh, it helps me negate criticals. Oh. Which could be very useful. That's very spicy. What is it at now? Five. Actually, all of the skills that I have points in are at five. My uh, top one, tough as nails, and then the three down the right-hand skill tree for men at arms. Okay, so what is your base for that? Is that a body skill? Uh, for shrug it off, it is body. Yes. So that's that'd be base fifteen when you get to roll it, right? Yeah, which isn't bad. That's pretty good. Uh, cat, what you got going on with Ineth? Um, I was debating taking up pinpoint, um, but there's a big part of me that just wants to use my juicy new IP to boost my crafting. Your crafting uh, skill, right? Yes, which is only at six. So, oh, wow. So you could take it up to seven, which is a big deal. Um, but don't I have to spend double on crafting? Oh, is it one of the ones with the asterisk? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have to save it if that's what I choose to do. Oh, that's right. For yeah. spellcasting. So you had to save 12 IP to get it up to, or 10 IP to get up to six, right? Yeah. Chunky. Spellcasting expensive. Oof. <laughs> yeah, it is. Dang. And that's why I've not upped my crafting in so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All righty. So hold on to that then, and next time you'll get to get to send it up another level. Uh, okay. With that out of the way, uh, why don't we pick back up? Uh, again, the fight has just ended. You've killed the Witcher. Um, now you get to rifle through his pockets for loose change. I kick him. Uh Let's let's set the scene here. The <laughs> first thing I get Nug off the top of him. Nug is currently lying on top of his corpse because he shoved his sword into his chest and then like fell on top of him. Really? I, I, that's, if I remember correctly, that's how I described it. It was like a torso shot. So he just like super stabbed and twisted and like shoved him over, I think. 
Well, we could say he's fell off your sword. It is very sharp, if okay. you like. So you see him on the ground, dead, the light, the blood flowing out of him. His heart stopped beating. You just destroyed him with your, your critical. The group of teenagers are still behind the barricade, and they peek over, and uh, Oberhassel says, That's it. He's, he's, he's dead. I... Nug's breathing real heavy. Mm-hmm. He's staring at the witcher's body. You see the blood pulled around his little cat medallion on the ground as it soaks into the, the like, underbrush here. Nuggle, he'll, he'll pause, and then he'll look over at the uh, beastie and the children. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, you can't tell anyone about this man dying. You hear me? Witchers don't take kindly to people killing their own, at least not always. So, uh, you need to keep this to yourself. I, I understand the danger it would put you at, and I will respect your wishes. Yes. Thank you. We owe you a great deal. This definitely cannot become a play. (laughs) (laughs) Well. This definitely (laughs) cannot become a play. A play. My people will talk to your people. We'll, 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 we'll. Um. All right, we need to. Uh, uh, you know what? Maybe we, we made the wrong decision. We're, we Maybe he should have been killed. Get a lawyer. <laughs> uh, get this written up. <laughs> Let me roll for craft lawyer. <laughs> craft law. Are you going to make a lawyer on the spot? Gasp. All right, let's get to it. <laughs> so, what do you want to do now? Empathy zero. I'm going to brace my foot on this bitch's chest and pull off his medallion. This shit is mine now. Okay. Yeah, you take it off. He has a cat's head medallion. Nug will gently, you know, give Viverwin a nudge off of the witcher's body. And he'll be like, I didn't like him either, but ain't no sense in insulting the dead. Or uh, in uh, treating, uh, treating his body this way. Why? He's not using it anymore. I just don't feel right to me. He'll start rifling through the Witcher stuff and removing anything that could be important or usable. All right. Should we bury the body? That's what I plan on doing. Yeah, I mean, this is a Witcher, so he is loaded up mm-hmm. with goods. Obviously, he had his medallion on him, which uh, Viverwind took, but he has a Witcher's steel sword and a Witcher's silver sword. Please tell me about the steel sword. Oh, what would you like to know? Um, so... These swords are pretty good. They're not the best in the game. I think Nug's weapon is technically better. Let me pull it up here. Yes, but I have an iron sword. Yeah. So uh, please tell me about it. But for starting out, it's really good for not having to buy it. Uh, Witchers just get them. A Witcher's steel sword does, of course, piercing and slashing, has plus zero weapon accuracy, but does 4d6 plus two damage. Nice. (laughs) One-handed weapon with a reliability of 15. One-handed means I could use a shield? Yeah. Uh, And it has uh, armor piercing, and it is also a meteorite uh, effect, Uh, which doesn't matter for this game, I think. There's rules about things vulnerable to, like, meteorite damage or silver, but we don't think we're using that. There I went spending all that money to buy my buy the stuff to buy, build my own sword, and you just plopped one in my hands. (laughs) I didn't do it. Pondsmith did it. 
Pondsmith, Pondsmith, <laughs> and Pondsmith. Uh, and then there's also the Witcher's Silver Sword, which will do 1d6 plus 2 normal damage, and then 3d6 silver damage. How much? 1d6 normal, 3d6 silver? 1d6 plus 2 normal damage, <laughs> 3d6 silver damage. I know. The question... Nug's cord is better than that sword, the question which is hilarious. Is, I know. Should we even use this sword? Because it clearly belonged to a witcher. Well... Could you deface it? Does it clearly belong to a witcher? Or would we have to, like, melt it? The silver sword is very iconically a witcher sword. Uh, And I would say his steel sword is also pretty trademark. But it's closer to a normal weapon. You would have to do some work to remove any sort of cat school emblems on it. Um, and even then, maybe the shape of the blade. Witcher's swords are often, often described as just razors. I'm not a metallurgist or a smith, but I imagine there's a certain blade shape that uh, witcher's swords take that may not be common otherwise. But I, but if you just got rid of the cat school markings on it, you would probably be fine enough. Because uh, I'm sure with her skill, Inef could take care of that. Sure, I wouldn't even require a roll for it, honestly. Uh, you've already made yourself an iron sword, so. Uh, Nuggle say it well, or we've already got me with my uh, medallion, so us Evan Witcher gear isn't too much of a surprise, I suppose. I don't see any reason why we couldn't use swords. Anyone asks, we just won't tell them. <laughs> don't be tight lips. Oh, I can, <laughs> I can change the look of the sword. Oh, I. Um, also, he has a double woven hood and a double woven gambeson uh, and Lyrian leather trousers. I don't think any of that is worth it to you guys. Oh. All of you have some pretty stout armor, especially at this point. Uh, I have double woven trousers. Actually. Brigantine and a double woven hood. Those Lyrian leather trousers? Yeah. That's pretty good armor right there. No, do you want them? Uh. Oh, I could t- tailor those for you. Or your... Take off a several inches. Nug takes off his pants immediately. <laughs> Nug strips! Nug! <laughs> uh, actually, if no one else wants them, uh, that would give me a extra plus four SP on Nug's armor if we could get the um, alteration done to them. You are the most melee-based character of our team. You're the heavy hitter. Yeah, that and um, Nug has already gotten one damage on one of his legs, which isn't much, but like... Right. No, it would make sense. Yeah, Nug will take them if nobody else wants them. All right, so mark that down, and then we'll deal with, you know, reshaping them and crafting them in a bit. I like having armor that's easily fixed. I like that for my character. Like, my double woven trousers are actually quite easy double woven things are easy to fix and I don't know is there do you remember seeing rules and crafting for this game where you can break down items into components there are there is such a thing I just don't remember where but you can break it down because if you wanted to the double woven hood and gambeson you could potentially break it down into components that you could use to repair uh, I think it's your armor and Viverwind's armor I'll look for it real quick I remember where I saw it cool uh, other than that, he has one Samum bomb, which is that stun grenade he threw at you. Uh, that's the thing he tried to stun, I believe, Ineth and Viverwin with. Uh, he has uh, six potions, three of the same types, 
Um, I would tell you what they were. We don't know. But you don't know Witcher stuff unless you want to roll for it. Um, but he has six total potions. And I, I would say that there's three different ones and he has two of each. He has those potions. He has his bandolier, his belt pouch, and then the medallion, of course. Okay, so I found in the fixing and salvaging portion on page 140, you can disassemble a weapon or piece of armor, breaking it down into the components that made it. However, you will damage them so that you get back one half of the components, minimum one each. Okay, so you you can get it, but you would get half the, item, the half the components back. Yes, minimum one. Cool. So if you want to look at that for the any of the items, uh, specifically, I guess, the armor, you can go ahead and do that. But yeah, that's what he has on him. Uh, there's an also, any crowns on him? There's no money on him. Okay. Important thing to note is he does have those potions, like I said. Nug, you see real Witcher <laughs> potions on this Witcher. What do you do? Or me, Pa, always said the Witcher's got potions that can make them do extraordinary things. But me, Pa, also said that if you's not a Witcher and you drink them, you die. So I'm a hold on to ease. But <laughs> I don't think I'm going to risk anything. Or I ain't too keen on dying. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's what I thought was going to happen. It's like, maybe they'll defeat him, but then I'll kill Nug. (laughs) Because he'll drink one of them. Oh, yeah, I'm a witcher. Glug. If it's Swallow, he might survive. He'd probably survive. Anything else, he would die. You're just like, ha-ha, Glug. (laughs) Dead. Here lies Nug, which a wizard for all of a second, then it caught up with him. Durgamir would be so proud of him. (laughs) (laughs) Does Witcher style cross self? Pour pour one out for Nug. Pour one out for Nug. It's a swallow. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same potion that killed him. Um, (laughs) Have a second dose, you filthy animal. I'm going to be taking that sword, but I can't find it in the gear. It's It's not in the game master section. Yeah, no, it's in the Witcher gear, is in the Witcher section of the core rulebook. Uh, that's page 247. Thank you. Um, after you rifle through his pockets for loose change. Uh, does he have a rifle? <laughs> no, but he does have a revolver. Oh, wow, wow. Dorgamir would love this. <laughs> <laughs> and a cowboy hat. Micah. Howdy. <laughs> oh, my. Who? Dergamir crawls out of his skin. Well, well, well. Looks like God won't let me die. It looks like God, Creve won't let me die. Looks like Keith won't let me die. God damn it, Keith. So, Nug will will strip this guy of his stuff. Real Uh, sexily and slowly. uh, And then Nug will pull his uh, body to the edge of the clearing to start digging a hole. Okay. And until he gets large enough, he'll put him in it. And uh, he'll stand over the body in the hole. This is man it? that he just killed, you know, ideally, if he had not spoken to Nug and Nug had seen him in the streets, a hero. Right. Until he actually showed what he was like as a person. Right. Uh, and Nug will be like, I'll say a couple of words, even if he's just there by himself. Right. Uh, I don't know if he is. But he'll be like, Mipa always said witchers had a good job, that they was necessary. Almost too good. People's thinking we don't need them anymore, but there's still monsters around. I wish I didn't have to do this. 
and then he'll bury him. We'll cover him up. You bury him. Uh, you cover him up. Uh, are you going to take the sword? Oh or? yes. Okay. We've taken his stuff. This is just his body. You put maybe a few rocks to mark the site. Yeah. Um, He's naked. Yeah. We took his pants. He's got a little nice. cat head underwear. And his armor. Well, yeah, we we took it. Now go be like, well, he's a witcher. You can't let good tools go to waste. You know what they say. Speaking of which, another fun question. I know you probably would have mentioned it, but I have to ask. Okay. Did he have any diagrams on him? He did not. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would have mentioned that otherwise. Because uh, I'm sure our craftsman would have loved some cat school diagrams. Yeah. That would be pretty spicy, but unfortunately he does not. Um... Yeah, well, you know what they say, though, with witchers, uh, no witcher has ever uh, died of old age in his bed. Yep. So you bury him, um, and then the troop have kind of, you know, unbarricaded their little area, and it looks like they're having a discussion, um, uh, and the Oberhassel, the Sylvan, he waves you guys over, and he says, I thank you for taking the time to make peace with the towns, but... It seems that our time here is at an end. It is time for us to hit the road as a troop. You still can't make a play out of this. I... You can't. Well... No. I'll just say it this Oh, you've way. been sworn to silence. If you make a play about a dead witcher and people hear about a missing witcher... It might put two and two together. I and would you never. might have more witchers on your tail that you know what to do with. All right, all right. Group huddle. Group huddle. Creative huddle. What if... No. We <laughs> make a play about it, but... No. It's not a witcher. No. It's something else. No. And it's not you guys. Stop. <laughs> it's something else. Stop. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? You know what? You just do you. <laughs> All right, I I have no desire to kill another witcher in my life. I'm if just another saying, witcher comes after you, if we could license your likenesses, no. Okay, okay. Um, but he says no. It's time. It's time for us to hit the road. Our our troop is ready to perform, and clearly we can't stay here anymore. The protection of the Alder Wand isn't enough, and if it's not going to protect us, we may as well find our way performing on the road. I mean, it protected you from everyone else, and now there's one less Witcher to worry about. I mean, if we talked to the third town, you'd probably be a-okay. But I just, if they were willing to send a Witcher after us... To find their kidnapped kids who were stolen by a monster, Nug looks at him just blinking like he's kind of done with it he's like i thought you kidnapped their kids that's why you'd ask us to speak to them isn't it if you would like to speak to them you're more than welcome but i'd pay you without talking to the last town because it's time for us to leave i <laughs> you should really i mean encourage we'll, you pay us we'll go through we'll mention it to them. you should really encourage the kids that you work with to speak to their parents well they did like not the, the third town kids yet, right? But they said the third town kids, I think I mentioned it last time, specifically did not want to go back. Oh, okay. Um, That's right. We, we, we can't make them. Go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the, I don't know if we got into the details of why they left their individual parents and I towns. I think you did mention it. It's just been a hot minute. 
But like they specifically did not want to go back to see their parents. Like Macklin and Winnie, they did. Yeah. Uh, Ambrose Bartok, he went back, and that was a whole party. Uh, but these two did not want to go back. Okay, cool. Yeah. But he says, uh, it'll take us some time to, to pack everything up together, but it's time for us to hit the road. I believe he promised you guys 200 crowns. Uh, I believe he promised us the same amount we was going to be paid by the priest of Keith plus 30 each. The priest of Keith promised to pay us and Nug's going <laughs> to he's gotten back into business 250 for bringing the kids back and then 200 crowns for killing the monster what kidnapped him. We didn't do that. So, so no, no, but he promised it, and we didn't kill him. So that's four hundred and fifty crowns. Well, no, he promised to match what he were you going to be paid to be to kill him, if I remember right. Oh, he, I thought so. The Witcher. No, he no, promised because no, the Witcher was going to get paid a lot. You were paid. Yeah. You were offered like two hundred for killing the monster, and then two fifty for bringing the kids back. And he said, "I'll pay you. You know." 200 the bounty on me oh no oh that's right i i suppose use correct uh so at school be 320 320 320 oh no wait 390 no 290 290 my math was wrong so yeah go ahead it'll be 200 plus the 30 each uh bonus so yeah, 290 divided three ways. That is 96.6 repeating, obviously. Uh, Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> Take 96 <laughs> crowns each. We'll leave one crown on the Witcher's grave. The next Toss question. Toss a coin. Toss a coin to your Witcher. And that's it. Are we keeping <laughs> or, do anything else? or salvaging the silver sword? Why would we salvage the silver sword? You I'm should only use asking. that. I've got the meteorite sword. Yeah, that doesn't do anything against monsters. But it's well, it's not in our game. It, you should keep the silver sword in case we run into monsters so you could do extra damage to them as well. I mean, I could, you know... Or, uh, may, I, may I suggest, you could also, you if you uh, salvage the silver sword, you will get silver. Enough silver to coat to another coat blade? my sword and not yeah. be obviously walking around with a witcher's sword. That's why I asked about salvaging True. it. Why don't... Okay, hey. this is... Because, a, like... No, this is a bit metagamey of a question, but at this point, why don't the witchers just pay semi-competent craftsmen to like make I one know. sword that kicks butt rather than two separate swords? Because it's part of their image to it's carry two swords, It's the old ways. Right? It's the old ways. Isn't, that, isn't mean, that their image, that they have two swords? Well, there's two answers to this. Well, actually, there's only really one answer. Then say it! The answer is... Silver coating is really strong, and silver coating is not in the books and games. Uh huh. I know. I you know. have to have two swords in those. One is specifically designed for monsters. The other one is just specifically designed for everything else. I know. I know. But silver coating in this game is really strong, and there's no reason to not just buy a badass sword and silver coat it, and I have to switch awesome, weapons. And it's one of my favorite parts of playing Inef. The ability to do that is kind of awesome. If I had not Witcher light. already spent my bottle cap, I was looking at buying an even better sword and just silver coating that one. You have enough silver to do that. Yeah, but I don't have enough money because the next best blade him, is him, like him. just under a thousand. I might wow. want some <laughs> silver coating. Oh, uh, yeah. No, you have enough silver to like coat your switcher steel sword, which is just 
hilarious. <laughs> um, and then co- another sword, if I remember right. Well, no, you get half the silver. Still sword? And the silver sword Silver uses sword? Two. It gives you two. two. So Super I would only sword. get... No. Oh, I would get two. Yeah, because it's four. I thought it was... Yeah. My meth just dipping the steel sword into silver. Mm. We're talking about efficiency now. Dip, dip, potato chip. It's about chip. drive. It's about power. <laughs> oh, it's about drive. It's about power. We stay hungry. We devour. Put in the work. Put in the hours and take what's ours, you know. Don't you know. So uh, do you want to break it down... I'd love to break it down. I shall break down the silver sword. Okay. Do you have to roll cracking for that, or is it just a gimme? I couldn't tell. It didn't say I had to roll. All right, then you're fine. Also, I think it's great. I have, oh, it's efficient, you know. Just going to take this these two weapons, melt them into one. That's better. Geralt wishes. Geralt in the background is crying. Geralt, why didn't why didn't they write me with the silver dipped cord? Poor Gary, uh, Gary and his world. So you're gonna silver coat the uh, the Witcher sword, the steel sword, um, and remember that has special properties um, already. It's meteorite, although I don't think it matters for us, uh, and it's armor piercing. Are you also going to augment it? Yes, attempt at least. So uh, what do you want to do augmentation wise? You think? Probably increase the reliability. The reliability? The reliability's already at fifteen. No, I mean I mean the one the weapon accuracy. A uh, weapon accuracy, so lighten it. Um and do we want to go ahead and do this right now? Uh get our crafting rolls on the sword out of the way, or do you wanna pick up with um Depends DM. Do yeah. we have a fight before our downtime? Depends DM. <laughs> do we get our bottle caps? That is a good point. <laughs> you do. I'll get you. I'll let you all take a bottle cap as well. Um, cause oh, that, for reals? Yeah. I already, I already got mine. Uh, the, the role play was great, especially in the drunken stuff. And then the f- beating a witcher is just really impressive uh, anytime. So take your bottle caps. Um, and that is a good point. We are going to be moving into downtime. And what I want to know is... What do you as the players want to do? So we'll, we'll want to be shoving that stuff into the downtime whenever we have that. Cool. Okay. Cool. Uh, all right, then. So to kind of wrap things up, Oberhassel goes over to Viverwin, uh, and he says, You, mage, I just wanted to say, I know that your group didn't trust me in the beginning, and my intentions, and I understand. But you defended us, and you helped make peace with this town. Two towns. <laughs> Excuse me. With, <laughs> with these two towns. Uh, well, one's a mine, I suppose. Uh, it's but, a town. Okay, it's a town. It's a town. We Since party with the mere town. We are leaving the Alderwood, and we're heading on the road. Am I about to get the Alderwood? Am I about is, to get the Alderwood? Is this I wanted to, to offer this... Is this a pickle? On top of the payment I already <laughs> offered to you guys. And he holds oh. up to you. A pickle. 
I'm gonna lean down without using my hands and just swallow the whole thing. Swallow pickle. Swallow pickle. Uh, no, he holds try, a try pickle butthole. Try head. Try head. <laughs> if you can't tell, Jacob has been playing Elden Ring recently. <laughs> the messages is the best part. So of the everything game. is try pickle all for dog. You guys have why no is it always I- dog? You guys have no idea how many Elden Ring messages have already been cut from this episode. <laughs> no, but he offers you the alder wand. Wow. Uh, would you like to roll something? Uh, let's see. What would be a appropriate skill No, I'm for just going to snap it in half. Oh, you're... Uh, 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 not, not to pickle. <laughs> let, let's, let me rephrase this. Uh, why don't you roll magic training <laughs> on the pickle? Ah, uh, yes. Let me remove choice from my RPG. <laughs> Sometimes you have to do things... In the player's what, best interest. Is this spell casting? Is this said, hex weaving? No, I said roll magic training. That's your uh, sorcerer's uh, skill. So that would be All your right. intelligence profession plus, skill. Yeah, plus your magic training skill. Oh. 36. Joba, Joba, Joba. That's two exploding tins. Not only do we know what it does, now it does more. Legends say it is a section of an ancient lesion's root severed by the final moment of the conjunction and that a portion of its magic is trapped inside. It is a uh, focus two and greater focus wand. Ooh. It's not even as good as my fucking staff. Yeah, but it might have another effect. It has focus two and greater focus. Oh, that's it. Uh, And then (laughs) the special ability for the alder wand is it grants the holder the ability to... You uh, basically see other creatures at a great distance in in the Alderwood and selectively grant immunity or otherwise to people in the Alderwood. The Alderwood is an inherently magical primordial forest and you can basically pick people to who it won't affect. And so it lets us see other creatures in the Alderwood and... And to pick who's immune to the magical effects of the Alderwood. You basically oh, have like the, the, the misty stuff isn't necessarily the wand. It was the wand that allowed them to not be affected by the Alderwood. Right. That's cool. Okay. Uh, and you can see and hear anywhere in the forest when you use the wand. Mm, that's pretty cool. If only this adventure take place primarily in the Alderwood and we weren't mm-hmm. probably about to leave it. Yeah. Thanks you, for this item. You take the wand, <laughs> you hold it. Uh, flip your hand over and say, <laughs> The boy who lived. Come to die. Points at the witch. The boy who lived. Come to die. That's a man. <laughs> All right, so with that, and I know we've kind of been trending this direction already, uh, let's go ahead and transition to downtime. The big question I want to pose to you guys is what does your group want to do? You've solved this problem in this town, and this troop's about to hit the road. Your friends, the five under four, are visiting uh, at the mining company. Yeah, you could, you know, always hitch a ride with them. You could also hitch a ride with the troop if you want to just travel, or you could set out on your own. What is your group interested in doing? I don't think I want to go with the kids. No, I'm not babysitting. Who will pay us to look after them? (laughs) Yeah. We make pretty I good mean, money as hired muscle. This yeah. Uberman seems to have cash. Well, to be fair, you didn't make a lot of money directly from Tomard. He only paid you about 100 a pop for about a month. 
which is decent, but it's yeah. not great. The most money you made was your side businesses and finding uh, Bob or no Bill's trading company's Bill's, yeah. remains. But also traveling with Tom Arden crew was actually really interesting too. I mean, that and they would have gotten their asses handed to them by that cockatrice. Oh, totally. Listen, if yeah. Tomard will take us wherever they're going next, I say we go with them. Okay. If they'll pay us. I'd rather go with them than the teenagers. Uh, do yeah. teenagers scare the living uh, shit out of you? For multiple reasons. <laughs> so here's the thing. They're going to clean up your looks with all the lies in the books to uh, make a citizen out of you. I think this is like the fourth time we've made this <laughs> joke. Who knows how many times it's actually made it into the show. <laughs> um... <laughs> All right, so what's going to happen then is after a few days, or rather, let's say after about a week, um, Talmar is going to head out. Uh, the way things are going to happen is the troop uh, is packing and getting their stuff together. And then if you, I don't know where you guys are going to be setting up shop, but if you go back to the mining company, they are actually the first place the troop visits. Uh, to put on a performance ah, because you know so the, the, they had such a good they have a good relation already right mm-hmm. yeah because uh, Ambrose was the one who his his dad was there like uh, excited to see him yeah and he yeah. you know he wanted to go and do his own thing but his dad was like super against it whenever he found him again he was like you do your thing I'm just happy I got to see you big uh-huh. party you know so they go there for their first like test show um, let's set a scene here real quick. Nug goes to a, a, a edge wall, like when you're about to enter the mine, and writes on the dirt, try finger, comma, butthole. No. <laughs> Top that. <laughs> it glows. Why is it always dog? Why is it always dog? <laughs> so they set up shop. Um, I assume you guys are going to be in town if you're waiting around the five under four company ready to head out. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably have went to them not knowing the uh, troop was about to head that way and was like, hey, we just work with you guys. You know, we're reliable. We killed a monster. You want to hire us again? Yeah. They'd be like, yeah, whenever we leave, we'll hire you. And then- so you're in town in the square. The first day you roll up, there's a couple guys that point at everyone and go, hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then... Y- it, it's mostly peaceful, but then the, the troop comes in and they set up and they put on their show, uh, uh, Comedy of Hearts Entwined. That's Entwined. That's the name. Uh, the Big Feet Show. If it were Disney, it would just be Entwined. Oh. God, I'm so tired of that shit. No, it's not Disney. There are no minions here. But that's not Disney. That's Derek. That's DreamWorks. It's, they're all the same. How ba, 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 dare you? No, no, you just How riled the anger inside dare. me. There's a mouse out there that is so angry at you. Okay. <laughs> the mouse can <laughs> suck it. Uh, but you, you, you see them set up shop and they put on the, the play again and the people love it. Like, it's a smash hit. Of course, alcohol is flowing. I am um, not drinking. You're not drinking this time. Uh, Nug will drink this time. You get uh, solicited by another tattoo artist. Um, no, no, <laughs> no. Uh, and uh, the show is, is just a hit. I mean, I know you guys are like, oh, that's kind of, you know, dumb Stupid. humor. But like for this crowd, it just, it hits all the... the they know their audience. It's a bunch of teenagers making sex jokes. Yeah. And then they get, you know, they, they, they get such a good performance that they also do an encore with uh, Steamboat Willie. Um, hey. <laughs> no. But they, they they put on a good show and then they hit the road um, and you don't see them again. 
they head out. Uh, and then after about a week, uh, Tomard hits you guys up and he says, all right, ready to go again? Oh, oi. Now this one's going to be fun, folks. We're heading towards the Mahakam mountain range. Mahakam? Mm-hmm. That's Mahakam. the Elderland, isn't it? Yeah. <gasps> Dwarven homeland. Ooh, nug. <laughs> We're going to be hitting the road uh, as long as you're with us. You know you know the deal, free room and board. Uh, and then for the purposes of how this downtime is going to work, you, you can each take 50 crowns as security payment. Okay. Uh, I assume that as we travel, we'll find places to spend stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, effectively, you're going to have about two weeks, which is why you're getting paid less of downtime uh, before we get into stuff. So I, I know I've prompted you before we started recording what you wanted to do with your your time. And then you're also going to be able to buy and sell some things. And because Tomard is a magical curio dealer, you're going to have access to some more rare items. And because part of this downtime will take you into uh, the Mahaka Mountains. You're going to have access to certain weapons and stuff that may be rare there as well. So, what do you guys want to do with this time you have? I know you guys have accumulated a fair bit of wealth uh, over the uh, course of raiding Bill's trading company's reserves (laughs) and uh, the cockatrice fight, your last bit of time, you know, doing some selling and then this little adventure. Uh, is there anything you guys are looking to buy or any training you want to do? Let's go around the table. Well, I know for part of my downtime, I want to do all the roles for my crafting of the oh, silver yeah. coating and augmentation and the, and such. Yeah, we passed the buck on that. So let's go ahead and get to that. Uh, what do you want to do first? I know you said you uh, we're looking to add the uh, lighten property to the sword. Yes, to increase the accuracy. All right, go ahead and roll augmentation then. I got a 20. So you're good. Uh, go ahead and add plus one weapon accuracy to your Witcher sword. Hey, that's that's nice. That's pretty good. Uh, and then you also wanted to silver coat it? Yes. <sighs> this is the one I'm spending my luck on. Yeah. All right. And maybe even my bottle cap. cap. I'm going to spend my bottle cap, too. I'm going to spend my bottle cap and my luck. I don't want anything bad to happen to this. And roll silver coating. Woof. That's a fumble on the first one, so good it's use of the cap. It's a good thing I used my cap. At the very least, if still, I fumble, it still wouldn't have broken the weapon. Right. Uh, it, it would damage my weapon if I had fumbled, though. Yeah. It would have? Yes. Oh. I think it's only if you fail. Yeah, it's only if you fail, but that breaks the weapon. Yeah. The silver coating is harsh. All right. I I think that's part of what makes it more Mm. balanced. You have to really succeed. And the other one was a 22. Okay, so... And I had to make DC 16 unless it's extra high because of the weapon's properties. All right, so you beat it... Yeah, it's not extra high. So you beat it by six. How many extra D6s? I get... 2d6 for because I get three. Um, yeah, you add plus one d6 for every uh, three points. Point, so that's over. two. Yeah. Cool. So now you have. Which it's kind of funny because if you roll less than a 16, really you stressful. break the armor. If you roll between a 16 and a 19, you just do nothing. You do nothing. Yeah. 
and then you so you have to beat it by three to actually have an effect. Yeah, it's weird, but there you go. So beyond okay. doing damage to monsters, no, even then, because that's not how the swords yeah. actually work in this game. Yeah, mm-hmm. the way it, the sword again works is the base damage is always going to be halved, and then you have silver damage as a separate number you roll, and that all goes through. But the base damage is still going to be halved. Um, cool. So now you have a superior sword than every witcher roaming the continent because of this awesome skill. I imagine that witchers in this continent probably know about this. It's the old ways. Could you roll to make my legs better? My of trousers? Of course I could if you want me to, but awesome. I got spend all my luck, so you better spin your own if you want any Well, I help. can't, but it's also an easy check. You just have to it, get a 14. Augmentation is a very easy check. What would you like me to do for them? Uh, the plus two SP. I think so that's 14. Is it 14? I believe so. I don't have it pulled up, but I just looked a while back. Uh, I got it pulled up right here. Uh, For armor? Yep. Yeah, that is 14. So you need 15 or better. Or no, 14 or better. No. 15, because you have to beat it. beat the DC, so you can't I got a 35. Don't worry about it. You're (laughs) good. If only that were your silver roll. Yeah, really. Uh, Spicy. I wish. So, if I got that on the silver roll, I might have beat Nug. Uh-huh. <laughs> Nug be like, um, can I have your sword? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so go ahead and add the plus two SP to your new Lyrian Witcher pants. Uh, and we can oh, here you say, go, Nug. as part of doing this augmentation, you They're also caprice. altered it for Nug. <laughs> They're caprice now. The cut's a little funny because it was built for someone a lot taller, but uh, it works the waist size is just right. That means the SP on Nug's legs is 18. Dang. Dang. Nug's had t- enough leg trouble. Nug's legs are looking fine. <laughs> His short, stubby little legs look Liar. good. I'm right armored. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So that's that. And yes, uh, Jacob, to your point earlier, um, Whenever you roll against a DC in this game, mm-hmm. the way it works is you have to beat it. You ah, always have to beat a DC, unlike other games where you have to hit it. Nice to know. So that is that. Nug, is there any, or Ina, excuse me, is there anything you else when you wanted to do? I wanted to train in a skill. All right. What skill? I've been debating what I could do and what would be useful. Um, I've thought about upping my charisma. I have also thought about seeing if there's anyone who could train me in um, wilderness survival too. Okay. Because I already have two points in wilderness survival, so it'd have to be somebody who can beat me on that. But I have no charisma. So one of those two is what I was down to. Uh, yeah. So what is Nug's wilderness survival? <laughs> Not great. <laughs> it's My intelligence it's alone makes it beat. Okay. Uh, well, the survival is a you, total base of six. I would argue that you have a guide who could potentially beat me in my wilderness survival yeah, skills. Yeah, we do. I think it was Blandon was your Yeah, guide. Blandon could yeah. potentially beat me in it, and then what is um, your, Viv could definitely beat her in charisma. So what is your wilderness survival base? Twelve. And your intelligence is... My Oh, my wilderness survival base is, t- no, is like... like the, two. Ba- the base is the combined number, but oh, how, is that, how is that broken down? Uh, uh, two points skill and ten points intelligence. Yeah, he's not going to be able to okay. teach you. Then I'll take the charisma from Viv. All right, so I have a four in charisma and a two in education. Well, uh, would you have anything in teaching? Teaching, one. One in teaching? Yeah. So 
for Charisma 1 in teaching, yeah. you can bring Ineth up to, I think, 2 like that, unfortunately. How, I, that else? would still be better than 0. Sure. Then, sure. yeah, go ahead and take the time to do that. Um, how do you think this looks as you guys are traveling? For context here, the charisma skill as like defined in the book. Seduce um, me. <laughs> that's the seduction skill. Seduce I'm not asking me. for seduction practice. <laughs> oh, and I thought you were into a different well, kind of charisma. It's awesome. like becoming the life of the party and making friends and such. <laughs> Ineth wants to get trained in charisma. Viverwin brings lingerie. Um, Popular. The way charisma is defined, it's an empathy skill, uh, is getting along with people. At base 10, you can make friends pretty easily at your local tavern. Uh, base 13, you're a very likable person. It's rare for you to make enemies. Base 16, you're the life of the party, and it's hard for anyone to stay mad at you for long. At base 20, you could convince a raging troll to sit down for a pint over a game of Gwent. I like how charisma and persuasion are two different things in this game. Charisma is basically, you're making friends, whereas persuasion is you're convincing people to do something. And you know I, I kind of like that. what that training will do? It'll bring me from base five to base seven. There you I'm go. still not even good at making friends at the local tavern. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I tell you, to, to, to continue on what you were saying, Jacob, as a GM, mm -hmm. I like that charisma persuasion and seduction yeah. are all different things yes because in some of our games <laughs> they've all been rolled from the same skill well i mean they all are the same skill in like pathfinder and dungeons and dragons yes i like that being separated quite a lot uh because then it's very interesting to see who takes the time and precious resources to put points into seduction but i would say that in in Omina, <laughs> Uh, uh, for context, <laughs> Drow just held up four fingers. <laughs> for Ineth, um, building up her charisma and empathy and the like, I would say she realized she didn't, she wasn't able to connect very well with all the people they've been trying to help. Right. And Viv was able to. So she goes to Viv and she's like, uh, Viv, can, can you teach me to uh, empathize with people? We you know you're. I'm gonna say Nug overhears that, and he kicks open the flap of the wagon. I kick him out. <laughs> I oh, I know how to make friends too. I, no right in the face. I boot him right I in the face. Need <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, Nug does have a four charisma, so. Oh. <laughs> Nug gets shoved away. All right. Yeah. I get it. That happens, and I just boot him out. <laughs> and Ines like uncomfortable about asking, but wants to learn. She's a nice person, but according to her stats, she is not good at making friends. Nobody believes her niceness. They think that she's doing something with May it. Maybe that's it. Maybe she's not convincing, or she's just that socially awkward from living I mean, in the woods. She's only one of. She's the only human in a group of elves and dwarves. And they can so. do better with humans than she can. <laughs> right. So she wants help. <laughs> well, make me, make me popular. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, whenever I see someone less fortunate than I, uh -huh. and let's face it, who isn't? Less uh, fortunate than I. Visual I, humor, Drow just flicked their hair. I, I'm not, no, wait, you kicked me out. I shouldn't... Uh, Shut up, you still got my boot in your mouth. Uh, <laughs> is it the toughest case you've ever seen? 
You're the toughest case you've yet to face. God. And when someone needs a makeover, I simply have to take over. <laughs> uh, a good way to make friends is to have good boundaries as to what you're going to accept. <laughs> good friends mean having boundaries. Yes. You need to respect yourself and you need to respect other people. I think that you're doing well with that already, but don't be a pushover. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's why. Uh, oh, I see. Do you? Or are you uh, just agreeing? I'm not sure. Okay. Teach me. That's where we start. Teach me. That's where we start. <laughs> In which the Minnesota nice person learns to have a bit more of a backbone. Uh, all right. So, you know, uh, part of this downtime and traveling with this wait, company. Wait, Less op, more nope. <laughs> oh my god oh. so <laughs> part of the downtime traveling with this troop obviously is hitting up different villages and doing trading uh, and obviously you're going to run into taverns uh, some with more you know party like crowds on some nights than others maybe this can also be a point of practice for Ineth with Riverwind uh, do you see that lonely looking man over there? I want you to go talk to him and have a pleasant conversation. <laughs> oh, hello go. there. <laughs> hello there. Towering over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, over the course of this time, you, you, you've learned how to get a better read on people. You learn how to be more warm around people. And uh, yeah, go ahead and take your charisma up by two. Yay! Now they actually believe that I'm nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Nug, I know we already kind of did a little bit of what you wanted to do with uh, getting your armor improved. Is there anything specifically you want to do in downtime or buy? There is an armor set that I want to get Nug, and to get that, it is rare. What is the set? The Dwarven Cloak set, which has a head, torso, arms, and legs at the cost of 1,400. Oh. Whoa. Nug's current armor base price is 800. But I want you to keep in mind that Nug's current armor has also been augmented. Right. Each of them have plus two SP to what their base price is. One of the legs has taken a point of damage. I Everything could fix else that is before perfect. he sells it. Well, you um, just got new leg armor. Yes, yeah. but that is from the loot. This yeah. is my original base armor. Okay. Uh, because that one's worth almost 600 uh, by itself. But if we did that, I'd feel like we need to split it amongst the party because from the Witcher. Right. Uh, and that would make me feel good. Uh, so my question is... Can Nug, with these dwarven tradesmen, going to the dwarven mountains... <laughs> dwarven, dwarven. Dwarven, dwarven, find dwarven. ...find a dwarf cloak set of armor. I yeah. mean, I was able to find an elven walking stick. It makes sense that you would be able to find something dwarven-specific. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because you're heading into the Mahaka mountain range, yeah. and there's a lot of dwarven settlements, and yeah. these kind of... This is where those items are. Yeah. So, yeah, you can absolutely buy it. It is available to you, but I don't know how you're going to fund it. Do you want to sell? The armor Nug currently has. Huh. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Nug will sell. Now, my question is, base price for Nug's armor is 800 Will you give me more because it is augmented to be even better, even though it's taken no damage whatsoever, except for one, which took one point? Uh -huh. Which I could fix before you sold it. There's no mechanical value associated with that. Yeah, this okay. isn't Pathfinder, buddy. Hey, listen, it's, it never hurts to well, try. I mean, couldn't you make up the difference in coin? Hey, here's yeah. an idea. Whoa. 
why don't you take out a loan and buy Mahakam plate armor? See, that's got an okay. encumbrance value. Here's the thing. Yeah, but look at the SP on I that. I know. I here's, here's, here's the thing. I have a structured settlement and I need cash now. <laughs> Call J.G. Pondsmith. Well, here's, here's a fun question. Here's an interesting question about armor. If your head, your legs, and your torso all have encumbrance value of two, is that a total encumbrance value of six? Which at that point would be a minus six to my decks. Goof. I I couldn't hit anything like that. <laughs> I honestly have no idea. Which is why I'm going for the Dwarven Cloak, because it has no encumbrance value. That's probably a good idea. Um, and I mean, at the same time, if you get the augmentation to get a plus two on it... Um, They'll bring it up to 18. Which would be better than your armor anyway, oh, right? I know. Oh, yeah. it will, it'll actually match my legs. The other thing is, uh, do either of you want the legs then? Because the Witcher's leg set has no encumbrance value, so it would not affect magic at all uh, if the, the mage took it. But it's got an SP value of 18 right now because of the augmentation. So if you got hit in your legs, it's 18 points of damage negated. Up Dang, to. that's a lot of negated damage. Yeah. Would one of you like that? Because they're very good armor. At- Do they beat yours, Viv? Um, You've taken I'm, more leg damage than me. <laughs> I'm okay <laughs> with what I've got right now. Uh, my legs are currently at 16. I My legs oh, are at 10. So yeah, then, yeah, yeah, you take I'll them. take them happily. <laughs> yeah. I, un, so I un-him is... them back down to <laughs> Witcher length. <laughs> okay, and um, so Nug will sell his armor for an even 800. Okay. And then he'll apply that to the Dwarven Cloak, which will bring it down to... 600. 600, and then Nug will just buy it because he has enough to buy that. Cool. Yeah, so this probably happens towards the end of your trip. You've crossed over the Pontar River, which is kind of a dangerous affair because that's like where the front lines are, Mm -hmm. but Mahakam is kind of a neutral zone. So the border of the mountain range goes down to like the river, and you find a safe place to cross, and you're with Tamard. Um, generally a lot of humans or non-dwarves really don't go to the Mahaka Mountains very much but you're kind of carried along into it um, you're not having hit any of the major settlements but you've hit some of the smaller towns on the outside and you find an armorer there who has no plate armor but this cloak set and it is badass and uh, Nug will then ask Viv to uh, not Viv uh, will ask Ineth to alter it alright go ahead and make me a augmentation roll Ineth Submit. 26. Awesome. Way beat. Crushed it. Yeah, so... That's going to be the head? No, I, you, it's a whole set. I'm just going to oh. let it pass. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, Great. so go ahead and add plus two. So you're at 18 SP for all of your armor zones. And then with my dwarf ability, 20. Jesus Christ. That is a lot of armor. So I want to buy some armor, but... Okay. One of the pieces I want to buy is kind of rare. So I wanted to ask about it. Uh, what is the piece? I want to get a Lyrian leather jacket to match my Lyrian leather trousers. Uh, okay, so where Nug's armor was dwarven and it was more available here, uh, this one is going to be a luck roll. Uh, so would you like high or low on a d6? High. I rolled a six. Hey! Does that mean I can? Yeah, you can nice. go ahead and get it. Yes! 
Yay! Oh, I'm gonna have solid. good armor. Find one in a thrift shop, but it costs full price. Well, I was going to say, with the help of Tomard, I managed to find someone who's selling one. Uh, I'm going to pop some tags. I got $20. I got 20 crowns in my pocket. The question is, what do I do with my old armor? Do I sell it? Do I just get rid of it? Yeah, you can sell it. Yeah, trade it in. Full price. Really? Yeah. Yeah, this game's generous when it comes to selling stuff. That's amazing. I was like thinking half quarter. Gone are the days of Pathfinder's half value. I mean, it's the same in this game, and I think also in, like, Forbidden Lands. Like, you just sell things for their value. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. Uh, Pathfinder is stingy. It's important for balance. I understand. I know, but it sucks. Yeah. And then Starfinder is even worse. Starfinder is horrible. Starfinder is atrocious. Don't mind me as I scoff. (laughs) Yeah, really. I also want to buy an armored hood, but that's common, so that shouldn't be a big deal. No problem buying that. And I also want to augment my new armor. Okay, go ahead and make me an augmentation roll. I'm going to buy all this armor and not get into a single fight. <laughs> I'm going to pop some tags. 21. Uh, 21. So you're good. Go ahead and take for both? the... Uh, that'll be... Because your pieces are separate, that'll be for the head. Okay, I'll take... No, can I take that for the body? Yeah, sure. And then um, roll again for the head. I make it both times. All right. So, yeah, you can increase the SP by two for the body and the head. Uh, what does your stopping power look like now for your body and head? My head will now be 16. Woof. And then my body will now be 18. Nice. Uh, what did you have on your head beforehand? I had a double woven hood. Okay. And uh, my armor was brigandine. Okay, Brigand. yeah, so you're getting a nice... I took a nice little upgrade. Yeah. So a nice 16, 18, 18. Mm. All right, so that's armor for... I know it's harder to kill. For you and Nug, is there anything else either of you like to do or... Oh, uh, Nug, if you don't mind, will actually... Uh, he'll do some simple training. Okay. If we're going to be traveling for a while. I'll let you do one skill to take from zero to two. Uh, what would you like to take up? Seduction? I'm going to think about it. <laughs> Nug learns how to wiggle the eyebrows. <laughs> oh, no. Nug will be like, oh, you're Viverwin. Yes. You's good with the talking and whatnot. Yes. Is you good with the lying? Or you teach me out a lie? No. Oh. That was a lie. <gasps> <laughs> So Viv is doing a lot of teaching during her downtime. Nug will bring his deceit up to two. Awesome. Okay. Uh, (laughs) uh, Viverwin, what do you want to do on your downtime? Is there anything you want to buy, sell, uh, train on? I want to glyph of fire, which is something that I have to put on one of my armor slots. And because of my specific sets of armor, I have two slots available. So you want this glyph of fire? Um... Because you're traveling with Tomard, I will say that you have access to this. Okay. Because he likes dealing in these magic items. So that's 575 crowns. And then I believe your uh, leg armor and chest armor or torso armor have enhancement slots. And at least going by the rules in the core rulebook, you can just, you get the glyph and you inscribe it onto one of your pieces of armor. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so fire will raise the DC. Uh, it'll to either, the spells that I cast by one. Uh, when wearing this armor, you either raise your spell DCs by three 
or your spell damage increases by 1d6, but it only applies to fire spells. So you're using the, you're having someone use the rune right tools. Mm-hmm. You will get a plus one to your DC all the time. Yeah. And whenever you cast a fire spell, you get to choose whether to increase the DC by an additional three or do an additional 1d6 of damage. So plus one forever, and then either plus three to DC or plus 1d6 damage. For fire spells. Yes. Yeah. Because it says in the little side section, whenever you cast magic while wearing a glyph, you get to choose which bonus applies. So you don't choose when you put it on. Now, you choose when you cast. The rune right part of that is from the... Tomb of Chaos. Tome of Chaos. Tome of Chaos. Uh, I'll just say for... You said 520? Uh, 575. Okay. Uh, for sake of ease that Tomard has this, it's part of his traveling gig. Um, so he's able to etch it in. So you're going to get plus one to all your DCs and then you can either, uh, does that, how does that interact with the fire specific ones? Do you lose the plus one, but gain the plus three Mm-mm. specific to fire or is it I can on choose, top of it? Apparently I can choose. Apparently it looks like it stacks. The plus one is always there and for fire, the additional benefits. Okay. So you, whenever you make a spell casting roll for like Anya, mm-hmm. uh, your fireball, I'm going to have to beat that by more because of this or you can choose to add a d6 to the damage pretty cool uh the listeners would like to know that jacob and i just did a taxes worth of research because tome of chaos threw a monkey wrench into this that's <laughs> more for the catching up <laughs> yeah. all right so is there anything else you want to do on downtime or just is that the main thing you wanted to invest that's in that's it one last question can i buy some alchemical ingredients yeah absolutely are you looking to craft anything alchemically or do you want to buy some like pre-made alchemical items? buy pre-made ones sure uh what do you want to get acid solution the ones that are common like base powder and all that i know i could get just easily yeah but the acid solution that was the one that was i wanted that i was worried about not being able to get because it's got poor availability yeah i'll say you can get that okay thank you cool so that's going to conclude our downtime uh had some nice chance to spend all that cash you guys earned up dollar bills i got a couple of uh what's the word drip practical (laughs) use alchemical items hallucinogen base powder acid solution drip stuff like that awesome drip potato chip so uh (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna set a scene real quick here i'm gonna pick up uh, after you guys have spent more time on the road. Uh, remember, I don't know if you already put this in your sheets or not, but take uh, 50 crowns for the employment time for this downtime if you want to. I already did it. After about two weeks, you, you're you know south of the Pontar River now. You're in the Mahaka Mountains. You stop at a relatively larger town uh, nestled in a valley in these mountains. And you do see a couple humans here. Um, There's still... uh, Humans aren't really prevalent in this part of the world. This is the dwarven kind of homeland. But it's not like they're not welcome here. There's just... They don't end up making it here very often. And you're, you're doing business. You have a night at the tavern. And... The next uh, morning, you're eating lunch. This tavern is kind of like, imagine like a nice stone building 
with dwarven iconography and decorations on the inside. Super cool looking. You finish up your breakfast and you're sitting at the table and you see a human man come in. Human? Yeah. And it, again, you see these people, but it is a rare sight. And he looks around, uh, goes up to the bartender uh, and he point the bartender points him in your direction. Um, and he walks over to you and he says, oh, I'm a courier sent by Alwyn de Clermont, quartermaster of the garrison occupying Maribor. I have a message for your crew. And you look and this letter is before you and it has this seal in black wax. Oh. I cast on you on it. It is a... Fuck no- you. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. I just rode so far to see you guys. <laughs> I cast on you on him too. Oh. <laughs> no, but the seal... <laughs> the seal, if we look at it, is a Nilfgaardian crest. Oh. Ooh. And that's where we're going to pick up next week. I still oh. cast on you. No, the wax. <laughs> I put my new no. acid solution on it. No, <laughs> the ladder. No, we'll look at the messenger. Oh, you're sorry about this. This is just burning alive. <laughs> oh, it's a rough yeah. edge you've been dealt. <laughs> You'll pay for this. It's, it's, it's nothing personal, kid. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Third Gallon Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing us. If you want to see more from us, check out our website, thirdgallon.com, or follow us on Twitter. We are at thirdgallon, that's T-H-I-R-D, gallon. You can also tweet at us using the hashtag thirdgallon, and we are on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook with the same handle, at thirdgallon. We also publish a video version of this podcast on YouTube, which you can find on our channel, The Third Gallon. Our ambience for this episode was composed by Michael Gelfi, and you can find more of his work at youtube.com slash Music, and you can support his awesome work at patreon.com slash michaelgelfi. Our theme music for this season was composed by Alexander Nakarada. You can find more of his work at serpentsoundstudios.com and support him at patreon.com slash anakarada. That's patreon.com slash A-N-A-K-A-R-A-D-A. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.